What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye. Now, you might have caught that little tiny caveat there in the intro that's brand new, and that is right. We are now presented by the team over at House Enterprise. House Enterprise is a awesome brand new media group that has an arm of content creators under it. I'm so excited for this experience, and today's episode is a perfect segue to tell you all about what to expect with this new addition to House Enterprise. We have the co-founder, Will Tondo, joining us today. He is also the co-founder of House Brewing Company and the co-host of the Beers, Business, and Balls podcast. Will's going to come on, share the story of House Enterprise, how it all got started, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect from the Normal Guy Lazy Eye podcast with respect to House Enterprise. Off the top, I can tell you we can get way more excited because we have merch. That's right. Officially dropping today, as you're listening to this here on Wednesday, September 8th, all the Normal Guy Lazy Eye merch will be available on the House Enterprise website. We'll link it in the description of this week's podcast, as well as every podcast link moving forward. We're so excited to finally bring you guys some merch. Got some nice Nike tees, hoodies, hats, you name it. Go grab your Normal Guy Lazy Eye merch available on House Enterprise. That's house-enterprise.com. We're also going to be writing some blogs. So following each of these episodes, you'll hear from me on the House Enterprise blog with my thoughts on the interview, some recaps, and all that fun stuff. So big things are coming. We're going to kick it off here with an incredible interview with our co-founder, Will Tondo. So without further ado, here he is, Will Tondo. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Well, if you've been listening to the show for the past few weeks, I've been hinting at some pretty big news. Today, we're breaking that news, and here to help me do that is our incredible guest. He is the co-founder of House Enterprise, co-founder of House Brewing Company, the co-host of Beers, Business, and Balls podcast. I'm, of course, talking about Will Tondo. Will, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm excited for today's episode. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate you having me, and uh, welcome back to the podcasting. You were on vacation in Hawaii, so happy to be uh, your first guest back and uh, excited for the conversation. Yes. So I also want to thank all the listeners for being patient with me on these two weeks off of podcasting. I got back from Hawaii on Tuesday, the 31st, fully intentions, full intentions to drop an episode on Tuesday, but or on Wednesday morning. But guys, the, the jet lag is, is another level. Six hour difference is, is, is no joke for Not sure. Fun. Not fun no. at all. Like for, for example, we took off from Hawaii at 11 o'clock Hawaiian time, which is already 5 PM East coast time. Right. And got into LA at eight, eight o'clock Pacific time, 8 PM. Okay. And then got on another plane at eight forty-five from LAX to Boston and we're we're in Boston at five thirty on Tuesday morning. That's your day. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean you're 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 shot the rest of the day. You are oh shot God. the rest of the day. I passed out at like six thirty when I got back to my apartment, and I I slept till about ten. And even then, I woke up and I was like, I'm even worse than I was when I fell asleep. Like I was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get back into the travel routine too. Yeah, I had to like I had to like uh, I had to like go. I was like, I need to go get a coffee. But then I get down to my car and I was like, Should I even be operating machinery right now? <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, this is not good. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's the perfect time to announce our big news after this little bit of a break. So as of today's episode, here's the news: Normal Guy Lazy Eye will be presented by House Enterprise. So who is House Enterprise? You may ask. Well, that's why we have Will here to talk about it. But guys, this is a big day for the podcast. This means this show is going to reach some new heights. Personally, I was super excited when Will reached out. We're talking about merch, a little bit more blog exclusives, bonus content, and so much more. And I couldn't be happier to join this team. So, Will, thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to kick this off. No, no, we're really, really excited to have you. Uh, we're gonna first off, special shout out to our uh, our cohort, our co-worker. You know, we're, we are in the corporate life, our, our nine to fives. But Zach Mastriani helped make this connection, um, and we're really looking forward to adding the Normal Guy Lazy Eye podcast to this brand of 
content creators. Um, a little bit about House Enterprise. So it, the, the story really starts over a year and a half ago where um, I was in the travel industry. My co-founder and friend uh, was also working a corporate job and the pandemic hit and I was unfortunately furloughed and then uh, later on laid off. So mm -hmm. in that meantime of trying to figure out what the next step was, we always threw out the idea of like, hey, let's just do a podcast. It's like, yeah. well, what are we going to talk about? You yeah. know, but it's like we we have enough good banter, good conversation, a good back and forth. It's like, let's get a podcast going. And we kind of just threw out the ideas of like, all right, what are three things that we thoroughly enjoy? And it's like, okay, craft beer, number one. Uh, we do a little home brewing. We'd love to yep. start a brewery. We just love craft beer in general. I was like, easy, boom, piece of uh, piece of cake. The second one was business. It's like, you know, back and forth. It's like, oh, like, did you invest in this? Are you looking at this? What's going on in the business world? It's like, we went to a business school, shout out Brian, but- or the score like, for our Providence grads, just the school down the street in Smithfield. Just call it that. <laughs> hey, go dogs, go dogs. But, um, you know, one thing that we always notice is like for people that aren't like involved or engaged in business content, it's yeah. very hard to understand for them, whether it's like people talking about the stock market or just like general business news. It's, it's hard to understand if you're not fully engaged or you go to, you get to like NFTs, Bitcoin. Like if you're not on top of this stuff, like it probably sounds like a foreign language. Exactly. So we wanted to like, okay, that's something that we're pretty confident in, pretty comfortable with. And we can talk about it. Like you're handing the, um, you know, what is it? It's like encyclopedia for dummies book, you know, right. that yellow label. Yeah. And then the third one was sports. It's like, um, my co-founder, Jake, he's uh, very engaged in the sports world. He does a lot of freelance um, public address announcements and also just broadcasting. Uh, we both have a fandom of, you know, different sports across the league. It's like, th that's the easy topics and we have connections there. So mm -hmm. that became the inception of the Beers Business and Balls podcast. Um, oh. No, no. Yeah, I, I, I guess where I wanted to start was you and Jake were college roommates, right? Like, were these types of ideas flowing through your head when you guys were in college? Like, did it or did it take the pandemic to be like, let's actually do this thing? I think the pandemic was definitely the 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 spark that lit the match mm -hmm. uh, per se, um, you know, throughout college, it's like, we've been, we've known each other for, you know, since freshman, sophomore year, we lived together since junior year, uh, studied abroad, we traveled, we did a bunch of different things. It's like, we always went back and forth. It's like, Hey, you know, we, we have some good, good ideas and we work well together, you know, something, we have to make something. It's like, whatever, right. whatever that might be a brand, a podcast, a website, a business, a brewery, we got to do something because it's like, I feel like there's, there's a good connection here. Um, and then right before the pandemic is when we actually started house brewing company, which is, you know, our gateway from home brewing to an actual, you know, brewery and distribution site. And right. so that was like, kind of like the first idea um, which now has evolved into a huge branch of stuff under that house enterprise umbrella. Yeah. And so like when you guys first set this out, when you guys started it right before the pandemic, what were some of the early goals for house enterprise or even like house brewing? Like were those goals still in place today or, or have those, some of those goals been accomplished? Like where did it all start? Like, here's our roadmap. This is what we want to start with. Because I think a lot of time when people think of these, grander ideas or wanting to start their own business, start their own media company, whatever it is. It's like, you're thinking so big picture at that time. And it's like, you got to kind of boil it down to what's step one, right? And like, what's goal number one, right? If it's 10 followers on Instagram, or if it's like two episodes of a podcast, something like that, like what were the first like kind of early goals for you guys? Yeah. Well, it's funny enough. It's like when the podcast started house enterprise, wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. Um, house and you know, house brewing company necessarily didn't have that name either. So when we started the podcast, our goal was just to pass the time because it was like, okay, you know, we have two weeks until the world open backs up, let's kick something off the ground and then we'll go from there. And then two weeks became four weeks and four weeks became doubled and it kept going on and right. on. So it's right. like, okay, you know, what do we want to accomplish out of this podcast? And it was essentially, you know, to interview people that, you know, might be very well known on the, you know, the global stage all across social media or focusing on that Rhode Island market, you know, the local brewers, the local business owners, the entrepreneurs, and just hear their story. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z. You are, you know working at Barstool Sports, you are 
um, a founder of a company, you went on Shark Tank. It's like, how, what did you do in your early days to get you where you are now? So it's kind of that like conversational piece where it's like, you know, I don't want to hear about, it's like, uh, you know, what's the most, what is your biggest accomplishment? It's like, well, obviously they went on Shark Tank and got a million dollars. It's like, that's right. their accomplishment. It's like, but what, what did you do every day to get you to Shark Tank? What was that right. preparation? Like, what was that dedication? Like, so that was like the, you know, the early goals of the podcast was it's like, let's get people that are interesting that can tell that story that might not have shared that story before. You're, you're speaking my language, right? Like, I love that you talked about people who are on the, the world's world stage and, and people are, you know, like people have known them, whether it's through social media, whether it's through athletics, whatever it is. But I like your point too, on the local talent. Right. And, and I think that there's something to be said about the new England talent, right? It's not Hollywood. It's not, it's definitely not New York as much as you guys keep coming up here. Um, it's not. And I came from California, so I have no room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, there's something interesting about the New England content creation realm because everyone's kind of rooting on everybody here right now. Like it's not as thick of a competition as Broadway, as LA, as like trying to get a, you know, trying to get a, a, a pilot. You know what I mean? So that's what I like about interviewing uh, New England content creators or New England sports athletes, whatever it may be. Like that's what I've enjoyed because I have found, and I don't know if you think this too, but like sometimes when you get the bigger guests, don't get me wrong. It's incredible. You get, it gives you that kind of clout for your show or that like kind of, you know, like stage to stand on when you reach out to other guests. But if you've listened to their episodes with other shows and then you hear back your own episode, you're like, it's almost very identical. And that's what I love about the, the, per, the Joe Schmo that you might not know about just yet that is sharing their story for the first time. Exactly. It's like you get the people that have been on multiple shows and like, even if you spin the question a different way or you, you know, try to tell a different story, it's like those similar answers are going to come out where it's like, okay, I know so-and-so did this, this, and this. It's like, they can only tell their story so many times compared to the other business owners or content creators where it's like, you know, Hey, like I was, um, you know, teaching in China and then I ended up doing content creation and like completely like made a 180. And it's like, here was the exact moment on when I knew I had to make the switch. Yeah. That's the thing. I like, as a content creator, I, as you can say, like, you know, we are one, right? Like, I don't know if like on what scale, but like where, like I haven't hit that point yet. Like when, when that will happen and I don't know when that'll be, but like, I just see now a lot of people are like going TikTok full time or doing that. And it's like, having the guts to quit your job for this is like, it's tough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But that's kind of like how house enterprise was like born as a whole too. So it's like, we had that podcast and when we started, you know, beers, business and balls, which is our flagship, when we started growing that we had, you know, friends of ours reach out and being like, Hey, you should make a website. You should do a blog. You should do this. And we're like, okay, you know, why not? So we built that blog and we built that website and people were like, Hey, I have nothing to do. Um, can I write about basketball? Right. I'm, you know, our, our friend, Sam Basil, he does an incredible job for college basketball. He was at Fordham. They went home early, obviously college sports were, you know, canceled that all sports were canceled at the time, but it's like, when they come back, I want to be on top of that. And I don't have a platform to write. Can I write? Absolutely. Chris handled, he does our hockey stuff. He's like, can I write about hockey? Like I've always wanted to do that. I just never had the platform. We're like, sure. And that's when that spark hit us where it's like, you know, we want to be that outlet for content creators in any way, shape or form to have a place to house that content. Right. Um, one thing we noticed with like, uh, you know, people that were very creative, whether it's writing or creating videos and stuff, they did it in college for a class or a club or an organization or an internship. But the second they graduated, you know, life goes in a different direction. Everyone gets a little bit busier. Their job isn't as creative or doesn't, right. you know, have that ability. It's like that passion just dies, unfortunately. And it's like, what are you going to write out, you know, uh, a six page tweet on like why so-and-so should sign with the Pats or why so-and-so should get traded to the Yankees. It's like, no one is going to read that. But if you have a professional website with a blog and a, a specific header under a brand, it yeah. just makes it more attractive and legitimate where someone's like, oh, look at this article about, you know, so-and-so going to the Patriots. Like, I'm intrigued by that because it looks more professional. We want it to be that outlet for content creators. 
Totally. And I love the point too, that you made of like people in early March of 2020, having nothing to do, whether it was schools out, you know, or moved to online or even just like working from home, you definitely have way more hours in the day. There's no more commuting, so on and so forth. I'm not going to bore everyone with the same story we've been hearing for the past 20 <laughs> months, but I almost think if you're going into a job interview these days, the first question, and I haven't, I have not interviewed in a long time, but, but like it, the first question is going to be, what did you do during quarantine? Like, what did you do as an outlet to that wasn't your, your nine to five? Because I think if you didn't have a side hustle, a passion project or something like, what were you doing? Yeah. And, and like, maybe, okay, maybe you were battling COVID, and the, you know, or maybe you were serving in the military, stuff like that. Thank you for doing that. But like, I was sitting on my butt. Okay. Like I, I needed to do something. I needed to talk to people. So that was, that was where my podcast came from. I was like, I'm so sick of being like cooped up in this tiny little Boston apartment. I don't care if it's over zoom, at least let me talk to people. No, a hundred percent. I mean, and when I applied for the job that I currently have, it's like, you know, I put it proud on my resume that I'm a co-founder of this brand that it's like, you know, and we had to describe like what we do and stuff. And it's like, you know, we're dealing not only with managing different content creators and building websites and managing social media, but also, you know, working with advertisers and partners, you know, um, working with outside guests to book them. Like it involves a lot of different things that like, you know, although it wasn't a corporate job, it was still a job. Yeah. Cause it's your thing. It's your job. Like, like this would not have happened if you didn't do it. That's like oh. when people say like, Oh, it's just a, it's just a passion project or, Oh, it's just a podcast. It's like, well, no, like I've made it my five to nine. I'll use that cringy phrase too, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like I wanted to continue doing this. So I made it my job to do that. You know what I mean? hundred percent, hundred percent. Absolutely. So, all right. So under the tree that we call house enterprise, there's a lot going on. We've hinted at the podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We've talked a little bit about the brewing company. I want to start there um, because hand up, I'm not an expert or knowledgeable about beer and it's not necessarily even my favorite alcoholic beverage hand up to that too. But where, where the heck did you guys learn to, to make beer? First of all, Yeah. So a lot of it was just self-taught, surprisingly enough. Um, We both grew up in towns that had a major craft beer presence. And then, you know, going to school in New England, you have your tree houses, your trilliums, you know, your big hitters. And it was always intriguing how many people flock to these breweries. Um, And the one thing that always intrigued me too, is like, there were, there was places that had really shitty beer but it was packed out the door. And I'm sitting here and I'm trying to figure out why is that? Why are people flocking to this brewery, you know, for beer that if I'm a beer drink, (laughs) yeah, if I'm a beer drinker and I don't think the beer is good, I couldn't imagine the other 80% of the population that doesn't like beer or doesn't like craft beer. And they, they're not going to enjoy this either. So it was the experience, it was the environment, it was the live music, the socialization, the being outside, the being together, that community aspect, which really intrigued us into like going to that direction one day. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd started like many other home brewers. It's like we went on Amazon, we got a five gallon carboy, we bought some yeast and grains, we bought a book and we made a beer and it was a process and our first beer it sucked. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it, it was, it was trash, but well, if you had told me that it was great, I would have called you a liar. Cause I wouldn't, oh, yeah. buy, I wouldn't buy it anyway. <laughs> it was trash. Like I will say this, it looked like a beer. It smelled like a beer. It kind of tasted like a beer, but it wasn't good, but we knew we're like, okay, we can make something. How do we go from here? So, yeah. you know, between people that we've talked to on the show and the brew stores that are around here and looking online and messaging people, we really honed in on like, okay, what do we need to do to improve this? You know, whether it's better products, temperature control, whole list of stuff. Right. And now we are 12 beers later. Um, so about a year and a half worth of almost actually over two years worth of brewing. Um, we just actually have a partnership with Barstool Sports, the Wonton Don. Um, yeah, the Wonton Don, who is actually will be on our podcast Next week, the Beers Business and Balls podcast, he tweeted at us or just made a tweet a couple months ago about wanting a breakfast beer, um, a beer that was meant to be drank at breakfast. He wanted something with yerba mate tea and orange juice. And we 
you know, commented on the tweet. It's like, yeah, I think we know a guy. And he immediately followed us. And he was like, okay, like, can you guys do this? So we're like, sure. We did not know how to make this beer. But, you know, we asked some people around, we did some research, and we created Don's Early Light, a breakfast beer, uh, shipped them up to Don. He loved it. He's ripping up a review for a video. And he came on the podcast to share how it is. Unbelievable. That is an, that's a great story. Because I love your tenacity to be like, just say yes first and then figure the rest of it out. Because like you, you, you had it in the bag, like he replied or, you know, and then you then figure that out. Exactly. You gotta, shoot, yeah. you gotta shoot your shot first. You know, like that's half of how I've gotten these guests on this show too. It's like, like they'll say yes. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to do my research on this person. You know what I mean? So props to you. I got to try this beer too, I guess. We'll, we'll send some up. We'll send some up. That's an unreal story. I love that. And congrats on getting a, a great guest for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, going back to that point though, it's like, you know, you don't want to ever lie or anything. You know, you don't no, ever want no, to right. you know, put yourself in a position where, you know, you can't do something, but, and I don't know if it's a, a life lesson or something that I picked up. It's like, you don't want that opportunity to say no. You don't want, if the door is open and your foot's halfway through that door, it's like, oh, I actually can't do this. Or, oh no, like, I don't know how to do this. It's like, say yes and persevere. And it's like, figure it out on the way, figure yeah. it out on the way. You got to get that beer on like lowering the bar now. Cause he's, he's a big, do you have, you do, do you follow lowering the bar? On? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Get, get one of your guys' beers on that and see what the rest of the office thinks. I, that's not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. We'll ship some up. Um, but yeah, I mean, after that, you know, what we heard from him and stuff, it's like, we, we've now identified a market of like, you know, people that comment on beers or something like this, like whether it's, uh, you know, a social media personality or a business person, it's like, let's get the beer into their hands and, you know, cater to what they might want. And the exposure from there is limitless. Absolutely. So don't like, don't get me wrong. I know some good beer flavors. I know the good enough names to say at a bar or at a restaurant that only serves beer or like, you know, the cocktails are too expensive, whatever, you know, and I used to live actually right next door to Lord Hobo up in Woburn, Massachusetts. Shout out to the best brewery with the best wings. Uh, can you explain to me though, like what makes a good beer? Cause I, I know that that's pretty subjective because everyone has their own types of palates for beer, but in your opinion, what makes a good full body beer? Yeah. Uh, it is, it's, it's, it is a tough question because it's like really up to like people's, you know, taste and stuff, but I guess just like quality of the beer it's like something that, you know, the carbonation doesn't jump right at you. Mm. Um, it's something that like when drank the, you know, when it's chilled and cold and stuff, it's smooth down the throat. Um, you know, you're not getting like the acidity or just like, you know, wanting to spit it out kind of thing. Right. Um, color. I mean, it kind of depends on what beer you're doing, whether it's an IPA or a stout or a fruit beer, but like a, a good strong color. And then the smell too, you know, those are some things where it's like, if you can get four of those in some kind of order and make it look good, smell good and taste good. It's like, you have a product that people will buy. Absolutely. Like you're going to laugh, but like if uh, my thing is easily, my top two things are like obviously taste, but if it's ice cold, I'll probably drink it or at least yeah. try it. Yeah. If you serve up to me like a lukewarm beer or if like it gets to a point where I'm halfway through it and I'm already feeling like it's room temp forget about it it's done it's I'm, done. I'm, I'm done I'm done I'm giving you back the beer like to the restaurant I'm giving it back to you at, while it's half full and I'll pay full price but whatever you know like I'll say a ice ice cold Bud Light pretty good on a Saturday not pretty bad it really you know like and it's like as I say this is like not only I do homebrew but I love craft beer but I'm like oh yeah an ice cold Bud Light nothing beats it um but no yeah I mean you're you're you you have it completely right it's like you get it ice cold it's like you can drink it yeah, exactly. Do you have a favorite style of beer? Like, do you have like top beer number one? Uh, I mean, the cliche answer, it's like New England IPAs, um, you know, the citrusy, hazy, uh, juicy IPAs. Love a good fruit beer. Um, yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah. Stouts in the wintertime. You know, I, I'll try anything. I'm not like a picky eater or a picky drinker. Like I will try anything. But yeah, New England IPA is probably at the top of my list. All right. All right. And then do you have a favorite beer? batch that you've made with house brewing or 
like that maybe you have on the horizon like what's do you have like one that hasn't been released yet like what's your favorite from what you've made so one that we've released it's called uh mr brightside ipa a uh, little nod to the killers you know one of our favorite uh bands but it's just a it's a west coast style it's got a nice punch to it i love the design that we did for the label i think it was one of it was one of those beers that like we finally cracked the code and like made something where it's like okay you know we wanted to make a good IPA that, you know, had a great design and that people would recognize and like it hit all three of those boxes. Mm-hmm. So I would say that one would be one of my favorites that we've made in the pipeline. We're working on a blueberry beer. Um, we just bottled it two or three days ago. Um, so that'll be ready in the next week or so. Okay. Dumb question time. When, so I don't like, how long does it take from the, the day one that you start? to then like how long does that process take to the bottling and then how long does it take from bottling to putting it in stores or selling it yeah so i mean depends on the beer right um but i would say standard it's about anywhere from two to three weeks of when we you know actually cook the beer and make it all together and put it in the carboy until you bottle it Mm -hmm. and then from there a week to two weeks see i didn't realize that it has to sit in the bottles for a week or two weeks well, with, you know, we're still in that stage of home brewing that very early of like, you know, we're bare bones in it. We right. are, you know, we can speed up the process with like temperature control and like a canning line and stuff like that. We are still very bare, bare bones in terms of, uh, you know, the brew stuff, but it works, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it makes you more, I think, not appreciative of it, but it's like, you want to be very careful in the beginning stages because it's like, you don't know if this is going to suck right. until five weeks later. Oh, it's like, gosh. don't spend all that time in waiting if like, you know, it's going to be a bad beer. So like, you know, follow, follow a recipe to the T or like spend extra time cleaning and making sure it's like covered with no sunlight or, you know, the temperature is at the right control. It's like, you really want to like be on top of your game. So like five weeks later, it's like, okay, this is a good beer. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm figuring like when you taste it, at some point it's going to taste completely different the next time you go to taste it or at least exactly you hope right yeah there's even been times where it'd be like we've opened up the bottle and it's like we're we now know at the point where it's like okay it's good or oh it needs another week oh okay gotcha yeah see the more you know the more learning, you know I, i'm learning a lot on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so all right this wouldn't be a podcast without talking about the guest's own podcast uh, i feel like a lot of podcasters do that so uh beers business and balls is just exactly how it sounds we're talking about craft brewery business news and sports entertainment hosted by you and jake zimmer similar to the show uh we have here you guys are upwards of 60 episodes so my first question about the podcast can you explain your feelings on episode one recording versus your most recent recording and how maybe more comfortable you feel or like just the transition of constantly doing this type of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we joked about that a couple of weeks ago, actually, where it's like, you know, if you go back and listen to our first episode, it wasn't bad, but yeah. we're miles, miles apart, um, yeah. you know, now. And it was still that we started it over zoom. It's like, now we do it in person and stuff. And it was like, you know, we had this idea and we made up a little agenda and stuff. And we we're very like, awkward translation uh transitions and it's like oh you talk no i talk like kind of thing and it's like you know figuring out like the perfect time but the first episode was like you know i i can't wait to listen to that in a couple of years and being like you know this is where day one you know that's where it all started um but now it's like we are so on top of it i feel like we know you know we have a good back and forth where it's like in terms of like recording and stuff it's like you know you know, who's asking what question because we rehearse that, or it's like, you know, which topics you're talking about and what's the stopping point to let someone else talk. Like it's very, very smooth. It's so much smoother. Um, I feel like the content's just better. It's like, we understand like what people want to hear, what people don't want to hear. And then the guests too have just been getting better and better each and every time. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually had the first guest we had on the show back again, a, a full year after she came on. And we joked about it. Like, I was like, it's so fun. Like, here's the story of that. I got Kinsey Grant and I was so excited. And I knew she had a, a professional podcasting setup in, in her apartment because she had been doing her show from her apartment. And I was like, 
okay, like let's do it over phone. And then you just send me your audio and I'll, and like, I'll mix it and all that. I, I didn't even think I, like we didn't turn on cameras. Like our first episode was literally us talking to our phones or talking to our mics from our phones. It was ridiculous. And then come to find out I'm not tech savvy enough to mix the audio. So I had somebody else do it. The episode like could not have gone better for a first episode in my opinion, but then we come back a year later and Kinsey was saying like, I've actually seen like how well you've progressed just in this interview alone. And that was like the best compliment. Cause like, I, I too think I'm a little bit better at just instead of question, answer, question, answer, being actually able to have a conversation about the topics that you're talking about. And I think that's important for an interview show is like, don't just be question, answer, question, answer, because sometimes the guest or you will say something that you guys should probably continue talking about if you want this oh, to yeah. be a good show. And like being able to be like adaptable too. It's like, we, you know, we're very fortunate that like, we've had like different experiences in college that like, we were comfortable, you know, talking with people and stuff. But again, it was just so different because it's like, okay, in a podcast, it's like, you want it in my mind, you know, we wanted it to be, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Right. But then you get a guest comes on and it's like, they talk for over an hour and it's like, you don't want to cut them off because like one, you know, they, they gave you the time. They, they volunteered. They, they came on with, you know, and we're very happy to do it. It's like, you want to let them like share their story and be able to talk freely. But then on the other end, it's like, okay, well, my podcast is already over an hour. It's like, will people really tune in as much, even with the name attached to it? I don't know. You know, it'll involve more editing. We'll have to do this and that. So it's like, it was like a hard balance in the beginning, but now it's like, it comes so naturally where it's like, oh yeah, this one's running longer. So like, let's not, you know, talk about X, Y, and Z and we'll save it for next week kind of thing. Or yeah, or exactly. Like don't like he answered your next question already in this first question. So don't freaking ask that question. Exactly. Exactly. I I, I get that all the time. Um, But going off of like the fact that you guys talk about a lot of different topics, like it's hard to, to your point earlier, like it's hard to transition from craft brewery to the stock market. Do you guys have like a, a routine or more so I guess like a, a routine that you guys do even though it's a it might be a different episode every time or a different topic every time like do you have a routine that you stick to regardless of the topics that you guys are going to talk about yeah so it's always it goes in that order beers business balls um so we'll you know we'll cheers to a craft beer we'll talk about you know whatever's going on in the business world give our stock of the week um, we'll transition into the sports and then we'll always close out with just any house enterprise news. And then of course, one thing that we started the podcast since day one was the positivity corner. Um, we started it in the pandemic when it was like, nothing was positive. Everything was going to shit. Right. So we wanted to at least highlight some kind of good news story each and every week. Um, so we always close out with that. And then the guests, I mean, whatever bucket they fall in is where they line up in that show. I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have like, what are some of the fondest memories that you've had from the show so far? I don't want to ask you who are your favorite guests because I hate when people ask me that because I always get feared of like the guests coming back to listen and then be like, you didn't say me. That'll never happen. But maybe it will. But like, I don't want that to happen. So do you have like some of your fondest memories from the podcast so far in those 60 episodes? Yes. So there's a, there's a couple good ones. Um, the Providence Pirates. Yeah. The Providence Pirates. They're a, uh, semi-professional basketball team that started last fall. Um, it's run by a guy named Sir John Fenergy, who was a professional uh, basketball player over from Turkey. And our friend, Sean Lavoie actually worked for the, um, for the camp, but we interviewed him for the podcast and we, we ended up getting this, you know, pretty good relationship with him. And he invited us to pretty much cover the pirates in their inaugural season. And we went to their training camp. Um, and again, it wasn't the biggest operation, but it was still a, it was still a good operation. And it was the first live sport event that we were at in a couple months. Right. And it was very surreal that like, no one was there. There was these, you know, these athletes trying to make the team and doing all this media day and press. And like, we were the premier coverage, like next to the Providence journal. And it was like, this is kind of cool that like we swung this and it's like, we really don't know that much, but like we can, we can make it entertaining. Um, you know, and we, we had, we interviewed guests. I mean, we interviewed players, we interviewed the coaching staff, you know, we, but we made it a full experience. Um, so that was one of those serial moments. It's like, okay, we got something, you know, we're working with. Um, 
I love that. Yeah, that one. And then we also did another, our first live event ever, live interview ever was with uh, Nicole Pelletier over at Crooked Current Brewery. Um, She invited us to the brewery before it opened. We probably sat there for like two hours. She was pouring us beer. She was sharing stories. Like it was just nice being able to talk to someone else like in person. Yeah. No, I've always wanted to do these interviews in person. I do think the benefit of having zoom or something like this means you can try you can ultimately get any guest that says yes right because they can log in from anywhere so that's the that's the good news for me the like i i got a couple of fondest memories like because it says like i said i don't want to count anybody out don't get me wrong if you if you're not on this list i still had a great time so thank you but um the first one was when i interviewed max brown I always joke with my dad to to listen to the episodes, but he never does because I don't think he even knows how to listen to a podcast. I finally taught him, but we'll see. Uh, he's always so busy in his retired life. But um, <laughs> but I asked my like probably the hardest question that took me to ask was, and if you don't know the Max Brown story, you know went through as a number one recruit and it never really panned out. That's a very abridged version. I asked him, "Are you a failure?" and like that vomited out of my mouth and I was like oh this could go one of two ways and I'm thinking it's gonna go south but I had heard him answer similar questions like that and just how he answered that I, that felt me like okay I, I made it enough to ask like the harder hitting questions and so that was great and then another one for me to your point like being able to see guests a lot like in person I actually went and saw one of the guys on the show Chris Rudiger he did a show here in Boston he did a country music show over at uh, night shift brewery and that was the first time i've ever actually met a guest in person that was amazing and then i'll do the last one here the becca peasy story if you haven't heard that it's she ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days that interview i like my jaw was dropped the whole time and she has the world record in it and there's tidbits in there that you wouldn't believe but the biggest thing is she tore her groin on the sixth marathon at mile two so she ran 24.2 miles on a torn grind woke up the next day and ran another marathon and still won like what that's yeah that's great that is great that's just great and like she should be on like part of my take script yeah Yeah. (laughs) but like like no no one does that and so just being able to hear that story you've never heard that before and i was just like what the heck (laughs) so that was insane you you make a good point to that when you, it's like you hear those stories where you just like drop your jaw. There was a few interviews where it's like you're sitting there trying to like, you know, be the podcaster, the media person and get to those, you know, steer the conversation, let them tell the story, but steer the conversation and get right. them to, you know, get those answers out. But then on the other end, it's like as a fan or someone you're inspired by or something that's just like super interesting to you, you're sitting there and you're like, not like fangirling, but it's like, oh, wow. Like this yeah. is real. like, I'm like, and like, there's been a couple of times where it's like, it's not bad because it's authentic, but I catch myself asking questions that I want to know, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, how hard was this? Or like, what did you like do for this? And it's like, okay, like it still works, but it wasn't like to the script, but it's like, you know what? Like I'm as like, I'm as interested as a guest could be, or as a, a listener could be. And it's like, I want that just like authentic raw answer as well. But that's such a good point because like, let's say, for example, like you have a, someone from a sports world on your podcast, chances are they've been on other podcasts, or if you have a, an influencer or content creator, chances are they've been on other podcasts. What's going to get you, the podcaster, to have their followers who have probably listened to every single podcast that they've done, their loyal followers, right, to listen to yours. And I think to your point, having to ask that question that you just personally want to know. The, the person that's been following this guy for two or three years never thought of that question. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't, they haven't been able to ask that question. That's what I think is really important about like keeping to your authentic self and, and sometimes going off script and just being like, how the heck did you run six miles, 26 miles with a torn grind? Like, yeah. Did you, did you walk at all? Like that's what, that was like my, one of my questions. Did you walk? And she's like, no. And uh, one of the questions, <laughs> like, which is kind of crazy. That's kind of right. crazy. And one of the, what, oh, the a question I asked her as a joke because she's ran 13, 14 consecutive Boston marathons. And, you know, having done the World Marathon Challenge twice, I was like, oh, so you probably have an exemption card from the Boston Marathon. Like, you probably get to qualify every year. And that was the question. And she's like, yeah, I do. But I still want to qualify every single year. And I was like, 
Oh, I, I totally was joking. I had no idea like you could just walk into the Boston Marathon. <laughs> like people would dream of that. So uh, that was like so funny for me. But again, it's that like, I want to know like authentic question. This is just Jared being Jared type of question here. The exemption card. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you know, because like we're having the conversation about like a question, but I'm, I'm sitting here talking about, you know, the, the marathon person being like, that's still pretty crazy that you ran seven marathons in seven days with a torn groin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you, um, do you have a guest that you, when you booked them or they agreed to come on the show, you were like, oh crap, this is really happening. Not that you were like unprepared and not that you didn't expect them to say no, but like, you're like, oh wow, this is actually going to happen here. Yeah. I mean, we've been very fortunate and, you know, similar to you, it's like, you've had a lot of incredible guests. Um, I would say the one, oh shit for us was the founders of Friday beers. Um, they were because, so Friday beers, it's a, uh, it's a social media brand. They have you know, over a million followers. They were very famous with like Dua Lipa controversy and all of this stuff. They're just a lifestyle brand, but you never really heard the stories about their founders. Like right. no one really knew who the founders were. Right. And it's like, you know, just like you, Jared, it's like, I spend a lot of time researching these people to try to like get some kind of like, well, get beyond like the surface level context that everyone knows. It's like trying to figure out every avenue of what they do. It was one of the first people I could not find jack shit on. Like right. the Barrett brothers, oh. I could not find anything. And funny enough, we were one of their first podcasts ever that they were on. That's good. And it was literally just a simple email back and forth. And like, yeah, we'll come on. And it's like, oh shit, like they're coming on. Like, that's kind of crazy. But it's like, we knew very, very little of them. And yeah. had to like go through the depths and depths of internet just to try to like, find some kind of rabbit hole and it ended up being one of our best interviews that we had to date you know what's it what's a good rabbit hole and this is so silly but if they have a linkedin <laughs> right that can, was one of the first places i looked yeah because you nothing. can you can oh that's bad <laughs> i was gonna say you can ask them about like old jobs why'd you leave that job don't like oh i i was in an interview and they were like one person on a podcast asked me where i went to college and she was like that's the worst question you could ask. Yeah. Cause that's the easy, like Easiest you can, thing. you can Google me and figure out where I went to college. You, it's yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But the, my, my, Oh crap. One was very similar type of story. Not necessarily. There wasn't a lot on him, but when this whole like diamond hands, crypto, you know, hold the line, GameStop, AMC baloney was going on. There was this one TikToker that kept popping up on my uh, For You page. It was Mikey Taylor, the professional skateboarder, turned real estate investor, turned you know, multi-million dollar. He was the co-founder of Archer Brewing, had an exit with Miller Coors for millions of dollars, all this stuff. I was like, this, he would know all about this. And he does because he was talking about it on TikTok. That would be a fun interview. Professional skater turned this. And he said yes within minutes of my DM. And that's when I went, oh crap, I don't know anything about Diamond Hands, AMC, GameStop. Like I know the stock market, but I don't know what the crap this is. So I was like extensively researching and then like extensively, you know, like researching professional skateboarding beyond the scope of Tony, Tony Hawk has a, has a video game about him. You know what I mean? Like I was really done and I was like, oh, thank God. The interview went great, but that was like my, oh crap. I mean, this guy has like over 2 million followers on social media. And you know, like, I was like, he's coming on this show. I got to be ready to go. And it's hard because it's like, if they say, Hey, can you do now? It's like, yes. Oh, <laughs> it's yes. like, you can't like, it'd be like, Oh no, actually like next Tuesday. It's like, they said, now I might not get this opportunity again. I have to run with it. Yeah. That, that was the thing. Like, I, I mean, there, there'll be people like I would, I would almost always prep the second they say yes, just in case they're like, Hey, can we move this up to, to today? Or can we push this back? Cause if they push it back, that's fine. You have it prepped. You're ready to go that I was eating dinner and I got a DM from a guest who was going to come on the next day. And he's like, can you do now? And I'm like, thank God I was ready. I had the questions finished that night. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I just looked like crap. Cause I came from the gym. So I just threw on a big sweatshirt, threw on a hat and I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. Do you have a, a dream guest for your show? Dream guest. Um, I guess I'll do one from each category and 
Yeah, I'll do one from each category. So dream guest for beer would be the founders of Treehouse. Um, that would be, that would be a pretty, pretty cool story because like, if you don't know Treehouse brewery, like they, you know, they started small and now they're one of the most reputable brands in North America. Um, let alone the world really, but right. that would be a cool one in the business world. I mean, a dream guest would be to like sit down with like Elon Musk or like Jeff Bezos just to like pick their brains, but on a small scale or a more realistic scale, I think Dave Portnoy. I think yeah. Dave Portnoy, like, and I know we reference Barcelona and stuff, but they're like, obviously like in it, they are in the very much the mix there. We're, we're witnessing something pretty like revolutionary and some like in terms of media and content creation. So that would be an interesting one just to hear, you know, from his perspective and then sports, 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 sports. Uh, if you say Eli Manning, I'm ending this interview. I swear. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, like, listen, I'm from New York, but like Tom Brady, like for right. real. Right. Like that would be one where it's like that guy is just like, you know, what what does your diet look like? So like I can look like you when you're when I'm 40. What's your hair routine? Yeah, <laughs> everything. Everything. Like Every, everything. All that type of stuff. Yeah. I, I like I've been watching the uh the barbershop or the oh god, I'm totally HP the shop, yeah. The shop, yeah. That like having a conversation like that is is a dream, period. Like obviously the names in those in those episodes are just unbearable for a, a small content creator like myself. But just like how they like the levels that they talk at, you just feel like you're in a different world. Mm-hmm. Like Jay-Z's story about DMX was just so funny. And it like obviously you can't relate to that because you you'll never go, you'll never uh, be the next singer behind DMX. I will never be the next singer behind DMX. But like the way he told it, you're like, I could see Jay-Z being like, oh crap, this, this, and this. So it's just like the way they like, everyone's on the same level there because everyone's like A plus celebrity, A plus list celebrity. You know what I mean? It's just, it just baffles me. They're And they're super casual too. And it's like, you know, one thing that we've learned from our podcast, it's like, you obviously want to learn from different podcasts or different like, uh media entities it's like what do they do well and like what do they don't do well or like what do you like and what do you don't like and try to but you still have to like make it your own um but the one thing that we've always like learned and it's like similar to what you do it's like just have a conversation it's like you don't want to be polished up and make it awkward and you don't want to you know cut anybody off or you just just have a conversation like you were talking to somebody that you've known your entire life absolutely absolutely and i think for me a dream guest and this is going to be like super cliche. And I don't want to say someone that's like unobtainable. Maybe this person is, but David Dobrik for me would be probably, I would have to like, I'd have to ask for two hours. Cause I'd, ha- I have so many questions. Yeah. It's like, he talk about peaks and valleys, but like still he's one of the best to ever do it for in terms of YouTube and content creation. And the guy literally came from nothing came from mm-hmm. a, like came from, from a vine account. And like, now he's easily one of the most recognizable names on the internet. That and like, again, controversial pick here. I, I got to dive into the brains of the Paul brothers. Like what is going yeah. on there? I, yeah. like, who wouldn't want that interview? And if you don't want that interview as a content creator, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. In my opinion, these are people that are moving mountains in the content world. Like you're going to want to get in front of them if you can, if you 100%. have the opportunity to. It's like those guys get asses in seats, no matter what they do, where they go. And it's like, I don't think people understand just the, you know, it's more than for them at this point, it's more than just, you know, making a funny video. It's like they have a business empire behind them. And it's like the fact that Jake Paul, you know, he can piss off people so much that they're going to pay $50 to watch pay-per-view. It's like, whatever, you know, he's like, I'm all the way to the bank. It's like, it's literally, it's like, okay. Like if you're saying he's not, he's like, I'm a fighter. And everyone's like, no, you're not. Then one, why are you tuning in? but people still tune in to watch him. And then he wins the fight. And it's like, well, thank you for my money. Right. It's like, you tuned in, you did everything and I get to go home. And it's like, it, they are, they, they are some smart people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the antics and stuff, say what you want. And like, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, but no, as, as, no. A, as a business person, he wrote, he wrote the book. Okay. <laughs> like there's going to be classes on these guys in colleges. And if, it, if there isn't already, so you got to be ready for this type of stuff. It's 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 the way of the world these days. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to all the baby boomers out there. All you know, like whatever. It's just the way this is. This is happening. 
without a doubt. They will definitely be, you know, speaking at conferences or talking for classes and they'll have case studies without them. And it's like, you know, they, 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 they crack the code until the next person does. If our kids are writing about this, I can't wait to like re like read yeah. all about this, you know? Yeah. Like I've been talking to my friends about like what's going to happen in like 20, 30, 40 years when we have to talk to our great grandkids or grandkids or kids about this time of our lives, the COVID, you know, the, you know, the pandemic and what life was like, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk. No, about it. it's going to be brutal. I, I'm not even like looking forward to I'm trying to like erase it from all like I'm, like March 2020 is already gone didn't know about it hardly knew her you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hardly knew her I can't yeah, do it's, it it's crazy that like you know in a couple months it'll be two years don't talk about this. It's like where did I mean like but it's it's one of those things where you know I'm I'm a big person that you know everything happens for a reason. It's like, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic was awful and stuff, but if I did not lose my job, it's like, I would not be talking with you today. Right. You know, and it's like, I would not be able to, you know, house a website of a bunch of different content creators and, you know, get, um, you know, just the joy out of that. Like we have one individual, um, his name's Owen Brown. He's a 14 year old kid through mutual connections. He was like, his dad reached out and was like, Hey, like my son, you know, is intrigued with your site and like, says it's like open for all. Like, would you ever consider him to write? And I was like, you know what? Like if I was 14 years old and this was my passion in journalism, like I would love an opportunity like this. And I was like, let's set up a call, you know, let's, let's have a conversation. And he, you know, told me what he wanted to write about, told me his interest. I'm like, write up a sample blog. And like, if it's good, we'll put it on and you can, you know, start doing your site and I'll work with you to help you become better. And now he's written over 70 blogs. He is a machine. He has genuine content from a fan perspective at 14 years old. I wish I wrote like that at 14 years old. I wish I wrote like that at 24 years old. You know, it's like, he is a very good writer. And, you know, I'll get messages from here and be like, you know, thank you so much for this opportunity. And for me, it's like, yeah, no problem. You know, I'm happy to help you and I'm happy to, you know, get content from your end. But it's like, I sit back sometimes and it's like the bigger picture. It's like, you know, if he goes on to be the next big journalist or like goes to school for this or like has a career out of this, it's like, I made that impact. And it's like that, you know, that, that's what, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. That's an awesome, that's so awesome. And like, yeah, to your point, like, I mean, hopefully the guy's crushing it and great with his grades too, but to write 70 blogs at 14, that's crazy. I don't don't know if I can write. Monster. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So um, let's, this wouldn't be a you and me podcast if we didn't talk about uh the the most hated uh division in football and our two teams play in it and this is the transition into asking you what do you expect out of the nfc least this year the nfc least well the nfc beast is going to be a very very competitive division i think um I it's, it's like last year was a laughing stock. I'm not going to lie. Like hand up. That was just, that was, that was tough. That was embarrassing, but I think every team got significantly better. Um, the giants I disagree. I disagree. Really? <laughs> I think the Eagles will go three and what's okay. So th- three and 14. Okay. I mean, I don't think. And I'm a diehard Eagles fan. If you've been listening to this podcast, like that's my genuine thought. I'm not a hurt. Sorry. I don't want to cut you off. I'm not a hurts guy. We don't have a good core receiving core. Like we have, you know, I mean, our quarterback room looks like when Kevin Cobb was our starting quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah. I see. Like, I, I, I think it's a lot of raw talent. Like I think the, out of the four, no offense, the Eagles will be the last place team. Sure. Um, in my eyes, it's like, I think this year it's Washington's, it's Washington's division to lose. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they went back last year. They, you know, they surprised everyone last year. They bring in a gritty vet, like, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Ryan Fitzpatrick. They have a good defense. Like they are the, the epitome to beat. Then you have the giants who added a bunch of different people. It's like, there's still some question marks, but I think they did get better from last year. The Cowboys will now be at full health, but I do think the Eagles, like for some credit, it's like, they, I think they can still, you know, play spoiler in some way, shape or form. And it's like, you get a guy like Devonte Smith, who was incredible yeah. at Alabama yeah. and you, you retool your line a little bit. And Jalen hurts comes in with that confidence of not having to like fight out Carson Wentz. I think there is still something there, but like not a super bowl. <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, I, 
I'm giving myself like very low expectations so that if we do somehow make it to like a divisional game or like even like towards the end of the season fighting for a playoff spot, I'll be very happy. That'll be my Super Bowl. Um, it's just so sad to see the Eagles go from 2017, you know, NFL champions to not having a single player on the NFL uh, top 100 list this year. The only other team that didn't have one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's, wow. that's how low we are at this point. Yeah. Like, and, and you know what sucks too is I know there are top 100 players on that team. Maybe not, maybe not from last season, like what the way that they played, but I mean, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, you know, even Dallas Goddard, you know, like, and like Jason Kelsey and like those guys, it's like, what? Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's like, what? It's, it's just so sad. And those and, lists are always subjective though. It's like some, it's always like, it's a big clickbait. It's a big, like, you know, there's like in the small print and it's like, well, they had to play X, Y, Z in last season and stuff. Uh, but, but when you're yeah, telling a, me that the only other team that didn't have one is the Jags number one draft pick. Forget that, about it. Yeah. That's a tough look. Forget about it. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Eagles right, fan, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you have your Super Bowl picks yet? Do you know, do you have your Super Bowl predictions? Super Bowl predictions, man. <sighs> Oh, we're going I mean, right past the fantasy drafts and going right to the big game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still intrigued by the Bucks. I do think, like, bringing it back, you know, fully was a smart move for them, um, especially with Tom Brady at the helm. I think out of the AFC, it's still the Chiefs to lose. Yeah. But I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills. I think Ooh. the Buffalo Bills, Ooh. yeah, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I think Josh Allen's going to be an MVP this year. Um, I think Stefan Diggs is going to be a top five receiver in the league. I think the defense is going to be phenomenal. Um, they have, they, they filled some pieces that they need. I think that the bills are going to come out of the AFC out of the NFC. Like I said, Bucks and you know what? Give me the Packers Bucks Packers. I just knew you were going to say, yeah, you know, Bucks Packers NFC championship. I think that, Aaron Rodgers is going to leave that team. Obviously they restructured his contract and he's bringing in the guys that he wants. And, you know, they bring back Devonte uh, Devonte Adams and they got, uh, or no, sorry, Aaron Jones, Devonte Adams is, uh, you know, calmed down a little bit. He wants to play. I think it's Aaron Jones is going to Aaron Rodgers is going to want to win last one last time in the, in the green and gold and then go his merry way somewhere else. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that would be a great, uh, so you're picking, you're picking green Bay and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you have, do you have, who's going to, who's winning that game? Have me on in a couple of weeks and we'll discuss right. that. It's just what cracks me up is you got two winter teams playing in Phoenix, in, in uh, you know, in Arizona for the Super Bowl. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I was going to say Bucks Chiefs again. That's my safe pick. I, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's not even week one yet, you know, barring crazy injuries. I don't see how the Chiefs don't make it out of the AFC. I think the Bucks, or sorry, the the Bills can give them a good run for their money in the AFC Championship game, but I mean, if Brady stays healthy, it's probably it's probably Brady's to lose again. The thing is, and everyone's talking about how great it is that they're bringing back all twenty two starters. That just means that they that the teams playing them can look at this year's tape and last year's tape. So we'll see how defenses prep for this this type of uh you know restructuring, but. We'll see. And, and, and obviously having that extra game is going to mean everything to the season. Totally being sarcastic, but it, it'll, we'll see. <laughs> it could, just... it, you know, it could play spoiler though. I really do think where it's like, for example, last year, the NFC East came down to that last game. Yeah. Aren't you so glad about that? Fuck the Eagles. You know, it's like no, no profanity for this, but that was just, that was just, yeah. But where's Doug Moreau now? gone yeah because he's a that was a child that was a that was a childish dumb game that was like who who they put in instead of doug Jalen peterson Hurt? doug peterson you said doug Brown. oh, doug peterson. oh doug, doug peterson yes yes, yes. Yeah. um yeah who did they put in over jalen hurts when he was like gonna win that game Nate sudfeld aka napoleon dynamite that would like he does kind of also look like nick Foles, kind of that was <laughs> that that was just that was just horse shit that ruined the integrity you know <laughs> listen 
And I'm like not mad that the Giants weren't good enough to make the playoffs. It's like that was on their own accord. Right. But like a play like that was like, really? Like, really? <laughs> that you was know? my argument was like, listen, like you were eight and eight. Like you didn't deserve to make the playoffs anyways. Like you can't blame one team for not letting you into the playoffs. I try, like, yeah, I can see why they're pissed, but I'm an Eagles fan. So I got to play, you know, like we didn't. But I would be mad at an Eagles as oh, an Eagles was... fan to be like, you know, okay. If no we're gonna if we're gonna get rid of Carson Wentz and like that's the question of the elephant in the room right now the question of the day it's like can Jalen Hurts actually do something yeah like like what was he gonna get a season end, ending injury for the next season if you just yeah. played him in the fourth quarter or even the second half period like uh it was it was pitiful and like my girlfriend's dad is a diehard Giants fan himself and two times out of the year we talked limited that looks good but. I was there at that game. I was at at her parents' house for that game, and I don't think he wanted to talk to me the rest of the night. No, <laughs> it was like it was like my fault that the Giants weren't going to the playoffs. It was strictly my fault. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like at the end of the day, it's just a sports game, but uh, tempers were definitely flaring for yeah. both sides on that one. Exactly. All right, so we got one final question for you, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect with this House Enterprise uh, production with Normal Guy Lazy Eye. You know this. You know this is this is the last question we ask all of our guests, so I'm excited to hear your answer here. You got a lot left to go, House Enterprise. Still got a lot left to go. But if you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Um, so the title, I would say, you know, how do you measure a life? Um, how do you measure a life? It's kind of a, a little nod to one of my favorite musicals, Rent. Um, it's, uh, you know, the song about that, um, the Seasons of Love. They, right. It's just like a, a chorus line of it. But I would say, you know, how to measure a life. And it's like, how did I measure my own life? You know, was it in cars driven or beers made or, you know, social media followers? Or was it with genuine connections? Was it with, you know, businesses started and brands done and writers on the site? Like what, what is that measurement that equated to the life I had? And I hope that, you know, when that day comes that I built something from the ground up and, you know, made the people around me proud. And I hope that I gave opportunities to the people that, you know, didn't have the opportunities before. And I hope to, uh, you know, give back to a community in some way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, you know, that one, I was, you know, that was one of the first things when I was listening to your episodes before we had you on, it's like, I thought that question was such a, a, a good closer and you can get so many different answers from that. And, uh, you know, it makes you sit there and think, and it's like, you know, what, what is the life you want to have and how do you want to measure it? Exactly. And like, it always has been the the hardest question for somebody to answer, I think, on this show, or at least they're like, oh, man, like, I was not ready for that, because I thought you were gonna ask them silly last question. But I think, yeah, I think it, it, like, it really has embodied either the episode itself, and like, kind of the story that they've told, or even like, it kind of leaves the listeners thinking like, oh, this is what this person wants to continue doing, or even not continue doing, right. So it's, it's been an it's been an eye opener. And I don't think we've had any if not just some repeats but it has been a unique question for sure so wonderful answer well very well done very well timed you weren't one of the 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 fastest but you definitely weren't one of the slowest i would say you're you're probably in the top 10 percent. i'll give you that i'll take it i'll take it yeah i mean we've we've had people take a minute uh some some editing um we've had you know three minutes we've had to pause take a break and come back so very well done. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. And this has been an absolute blast. So let's talk a little bit about what they can expect from me. Let's talk a little bit what they can expect from House Enterprise from my side, right? We finally got merch. I know that was like a big thing for a lot of people. I was a little hesitant. I've had some uh, hiccups with merch in the past doing some other stuff. So I'm super excited for this. They can all find that on the House Enterprise website. They can find all your guys's, all of the content branches that we have on the website, all the merch that we have there. Um, the blog, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna try and get some more bonus content on there rather than just having an interview for a podcast. You will actually hear my thoughts, what I thought about the interview, what I thought about different things that they said in the interview. That's what you're gonna hear from me. 
from the house enterprise side, what are some of the things that people can expect from you guys in terms of this show, in terms of other shows, in terms of growing this brand now? Yeah. So, I mean, the house enterprise brand is, you know, it's going to be an opportunity for the normal guy and lazy eye to, you know, set to new horizons. You know, we're going to get, um, you know, we're going to get some new guests potentially that we've had on different shows on this podcast itself. You know, you're going to hear from Jared himself and being like, you know, those behind the scenes, as he mentioned, but you're going to see content from a different perspective. You know, when you're reading the blogs or listening to the podcast, you're not getting people that are professionals in any way, shape or form, right? But you're getting people that truly have passion behind it. You know, you're reading sports blogs from the fans. You're reading, you know, true crime from people that are interested in it or are studying it tooth and nail. You're listening to conversations with people that sound actually like a conversation, a sit down, um, not just like an interview where it's like, oh, so-and-so, how was your day? And it's like, my day as well. Thank you. It's like, you're getting authentic stuff. Right. Um, and you're getting a variety of things too. You know, one thing about the House Enterprise brand, which we wanted to kind of inflict when in creating that was like, I have so many different interests, you know, I'm not a sports guy, or just a business guy, or just a beer guy. It's like, I'm interested in all three, you know, right. why can't, why can I only watch the Giants, but not watch the Bachelor, right? Stuff like that. So you're going to have that opportunity, where you're going to find those interests and be able to, you know, relate to that content and when some way, shape or form. Love it. Let's take this thing to the moon. I'm super excited. Let's go. Let's I'm go. Super excited. So well, thank you again so much. We're definitely going to stay in touch. We'll maybe have you back on in a couple of weeks to make your real Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> but as always, thank you again. And we'll definitely, we'll, we'll be definitely talking soon. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me on and uh, welcome to the family. Can't wait. So a big thank you to Will Tondo for coming on this week's show. Our wonderful co-founder. He reached out to me with this vision for this podcast to come under House Enterprise, to expand the audience, to get in front of more listeners, to get in front of more brands, more guests. And obviously, I had to bring you guys some merch. I felt like it was time. We've had a wonderful first year in the podcasting world. And so it's time to reward the listeners. So go get your Normal Guy Lazy Eye merch available on the House Enterprise website. Again, we'll leave the, dis- uh, the links in the description of this week's show and every show continuing on forward. And go be sure to go check out Will and all the things that he's doing. Personally, be sure to go check out the amazing other content creators over on the House Enterprise team. But that does it for this week's show. More to come with this incredible announcement in the future. But as it stands right now, as always, I will see you guys all next week.